Life Jitsu Art of Life, Frank Carreri Forza, live from Las Vegas. 62 degrees maybe, overcast, we've had a drizzle, it's kind of like Seattle here today. This weather doesn't know what it wants to do, but it's a good day to reminisce, it's a good day to be sentimental, it's a good day to have a city all to yourself, people are scared away because of the rain. So here I am braving the streets of Henderson, Nevada. I want to talk a little bit of today about an episode that happened when I was in the eighth grade. It very much shaped me. It very much symbolizes a lot of the way that I think, um, sort of my mental toughness, my intuitive side. We're going to talk about art versus science because that's a very important it's very important for people to balance both of those in your life. When you decide, when you create a life, when you build a life, when you build the best you, how much are you going to pull from art? How much are you going to pull from science? How much are you going to pull from faith? How much are you going to pull from intuition? So especially in Forza Fit, Forza Fit, we have to go out there and see what a what do some of the brightest doctors say, PhDs, researchers, fitness gurus, etc., peak performance trainers? You have to make sense of all that. You have to embrace some things. You have to create a hierarchy there. It's not easy. You have to figure out who's telling the truth, who's lying, who is so-so in their approach. There are a lot of rabbit holes to go there. So I always say, what am I with the nutrition stuff? I'm not a PhD, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but I probably eat healthier than yours does. So what am I? And I would say I'm a nutrition artist, just like I'm an artist with writing, with poetry, with music, with singing, with speaking. A martial artist. There is the expression, even when we're on a mat and we're wrestling, or we're doing jujitsu, or we're sparring, that's expression, that's human expression. When I go to the gym, that's expression. There's emotion behind it for someone like me. There is a channel for the anger, for what is pent up. It's ventilation. We are expressing. If you're, if you're being robotic, well, then you're expressing an ideal you have, which is to be reserved, to be robotic, to be um, introverted, whatever it is. If you think, hey, I'm a good, good humble person, I'm quiet, I'm plain... Um, vanilla ice cream when I work out. Well, that's expression. That tells me a lot. So we're constantly walking this tightrope of art and science, and we're at a time in history where science says, right, like science is just trying to take over and just run the world. Scientists say, scientists say that butter is bad for you. Scientists say that cholesterol is, is what causes heart attacks. Scientists say, scientists say, global warming and this, that, the other, and vaccines and everything. Everything is just, what does the science say? What is the consensus? There's a new science says on the front of every main, you know, on the front of mainstream media every day almost. And it formulates and shapes public opinion. You have to be very careful of that because if you have the eagle eye that I do or some of the really good lawyers do, or that any smart person or professional has, when you go and you look at these studies that claim something, and you look, and when you encounter how many flaws there are, how many flaws, how many gaps there are in these studies, and you realize, wow, 
very few studies out there are really strong and bulletproof. Very few. Most of them are throwing spaghetti at the wall. Very short-sighted. They don't even have enough people in the sample, right? It's not broad enough. It's not big enough. They say, oh, coconut oil is bad for you. This study says, well, which coconut oil? You can't just make a blanket statement like that. Which coconut oil did you test? There's a broad spectrum. The quality differs. Which, uh, the olive oil is bad for you. Which olive oil? There's, there's tons of them. There's probably thousands of them. Which olive oil did you test? Which dairy did you test? There are a lot, there are rabbit holes within rabbit holes. And we just oversimplify things. When you realize how complicated things can be, when you realize that, you know, the, the, when you take an intellectual approach and a deep thinking approach to a lot of the science, you find that most of it just doesn't hold up. And so people are, if, you're a, if you have a lazy or apathetic approach and you just see a headline and you say, oh, that science says this, and so you just automatically embrace it. Someone like me doesn't. I challenge it. I analyze it when I can. So going to that, someone like me who values intuition, I think intuition is the greatest power. And it takes some time to build that up. But I think it's the greatest power. I think most people don't believe in it. And at that point, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Bruce Lee used to say, you're as tired as you think you are. You're as faithful as you think you are. If, oh, ye of little faith, then don't expect much. You're never going to operate on your, on your highest cylinder. If you don't have faith and confidence in yourself and something greater than you, you're never. You'll always scratch the surface. So to me, intuition trumps all. Faith trumps all. That's the top of the pyramid stuff. And when I was in the eighth grade in Baltimore, Maryland, not the best neighborhood, but I was lucky to go for three years of my life to private school, attend a private school. One of those years, Holy Spirit Middle School, eighth grade, what did I do? I cut school one day. I think it was my 17th day of missing school. And so I found myself in a project housing unit, one of the you know, where the poor people live in the project housing. And I was there with like two 19-year-olds. Girl was there, 16. And at one point, the older, the older kids pulled out some aluminum foil with white stuff in it. Now, I didn't ask what that was, and they didn't tell me. They also didn't offer me any of it, thank goodness. But the moment that they pulled that white stuff out, which I presume to be cocaine, and which they snorted, the moment they pulled that out, I was scared. I was scared of drugs. But I tried to play it cool. I didn't show any panic or whatever. I stayed for maybe another hour or so. And then I got out of there. And as soon as I got out of there, I was like, my goodness, man. I can't believe what just happened. And I Cocaine? I'm 13 years old. Someone's doing cocaine in the same room with me, which I'd seen in rooms, you know, I mean, sorry, in movies. I've never seen cocaine. I've never seen people snorting cocaine. So I freaked out. And I decided right there like a lightning bolt, you know what? I am never missing school again. Now, keep in mind, I didn't have any conversation with a parent. I didn't have a conversation with a relative. I didn't have a conversation with a mentor. I didn't have a conversation with a coach. I made that decision 
right then and there to do that. In fact, I don't believe I ever mentioned it to an adult. I tell that story now many years later, almost three decades later. I don't believe I ever had a conversation. And so I call that sort of inverted learning what not to do. Dana White once said to me, president of the UFC, got to work closely with him for a few years. It was awesome. And he said, Frank, I know every mistake you can make in this business because I made them all. Abe Lincoln reminds me that. Go look at Abe Lincoln's resume. Go look at the, the highs and lows of Abe Lincoln. There's no way. I mean, no one ever would have predicted that Abe Lincoln would decorate and define the history books the way he has. There's no way. There's just no way you would have predicted that. Just loser, 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 loser. But, man, what a strong, what a mentally tough dude. What a faithful dude. And again, one of those people makes so many mistakes, but that's how you learn. And for me, I've always been a trial and error person. That's why I consider myself a late bloomer. I've always been trial and error. I've always been hard-headed. Some people are ridiculously coachable, right? You just, they're sponges. They're not going to question anything. You're a coach, bam, they're going to do exactly what you tell them to the T with enthusiasm and excitement. That's beautiful. Coachable athletes, coachable co-workers, colleagues. It's a beautiful thing. Protégés, it's beautiful. But the reality is most people aren't extremely coachable. And I was at the other end of the spectrum because just grew up not trusting people, didn't have, didn't have parents around most of the time, didn't have loved ones, always changing school, always changing zip codes. So for me, I just had trouble trusting authority. Authority failed me. So I just decided to go it, go it alone. It had to make sense to me. I had to figure it out. I had to live it. I couldn't just read it. You couldn't just say it to me, right? If it didn't work like that, I had to live it. I had to take the blows. It had to make sense to me. I had to make the mistakes. I had to take the blows. Like Sinatra said, I took the blows and did it my way. That was really my way, the Frankie way too. The Frankie Forza way. So from that moment on, I was like, you know what? I'm never missing school. So I never missed another day, the eighth grade. And I had perfect attendance the next four years of high school. I think I missed one day with a senior cut day where all the seniors traditionally just take the day off, whatever. But otherwise, perfect attendance. I didn't do homework and I, and I wasn't some ideal student. I was probably a C plus or a B minus student, but I always paid attention. I went to class, I showed up and I paid attention. Another story. So again, just showing you where some things, you can read it. But then there's living it. Living it to me is so much deeper. I think that most of the things to me, for someone like me, a lot of the wisdom, a lot of the best lessons I've learned, it's 10 to 1 on reading it versus thinking about it, thinking about it, or making the mistake. For me, most of my learning either happens by thinking and strategizing, philosophizing, deep thinking, or failing. Learning what not to do. A bunch of what not to do leads me to what to do. And that's a lot of my approach with Forza Fit as well. I want to tell you another story that happened to me. This was my 12th grade year in high school. I took a typing class. Now, everyone said, oh, typing is an easy A. The, the teacher had a reputation for giving easy A's. She was 
really nice woman, whatever, whatever. We went in that class. Anyway, they switched the teacher. We had this one teacher. We had her for um, a week or so, and then they switched, and they gave us this dictator, this frizzy-haired, six-foot-three Johns Hopkins guy used to always have his ring, his college ring. He used to always wear it, and and he'd always have it. And uh, he was a straight dictator. That guy would walk around the room. He was barking. And his big thing was he didn't want you looking down at the keys. He wanted your good posture. He wanted your head up. He wanted you looking at the... At the at, you know, uh, looking at what you're reading, not looking at your hands. Now, I forget his name. I really, he, he, he really made a big impression of all the teachers I've ever had. Um, he and I weren't close, but he made, he was one of the four or five that, that really planted a great seed for me. And I really should find out his name. But what he would do, so my big thing was, I was a really shy teenager and kid. So I would sit in the back of the room. I hated when teachers called on me. I hated this career or whatever. The last thing I wanted was any attention. The last thing I wanted was to have to answer a question or be called out. Well, since this typing dictator, his thing was you can't look down. So if I was looking down, if I was cheating, right, I'm looking at my hands typing. He, Carreri, knock it off back there. He would do that. And that scared me. I wasn't scared of him because I was a pretty tough kid. Uh, But I was scared of the attention. And so I was like, whoa, I just had to learn actually how to type. So here I was. I thought this was going to be an easy A. And it goes from A, it's not an easy A, to we got the most strict typing instructor in the nation. And he is just intense and tenacious and... And he holds you accountable. And he's not messing around. He wants you to really learn it. That was a great experience for me because I wind up being a journalist of all things. Accidentally later, wind up being a journalist. And journalists have very tight deadlines, just like construction workers and a lot of other people. And very tight deadlines, very stressful. And knowing how to type that 70 words or so per minute was extremely valuable and it was never on my radar. And if I hadn't had him, I don't think I would have turned out to be as proficient in typing. No way. No way. But he held us so accountable. And so it was one of those cases where I couldn't stand going to his class. I could not stand going to this guy's class. But long term, it's one of those people where you see him later and you say, hey, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for caring. Thank you for holding us accountable. Thank you for being strict because I use that skill a lot. That skill came in super handy. That skill was huge and significant to my profession as a writer. So just a couple of stories from my, you know, from, from then. So again, you have to decide your own life. None of us, we're all trying to figure it out. You can't have just science, just people say this is this is science and then just have them make every decision for you oh i'm gonna read what the latest study says and i'm gonna if you do that i'm telling you i mean most science is flimsy so you can't just build your life and revolve your life around all science says even though there are people that do um you can arrive at a lot of truths you can have excellent results if you are a highly intuitive person if you are an extremely artistic person you can do things and you can let higher power 
higher art work through you to the point where history studies you, other people study you, and then they say, how do you do that? How do you do that? And then they record it and they try to document it. And then they try to teach other people how to do it, right? That's what we do. We try to study the great ones, study the great artists or the really good artists and say, okay, what are the lessons here? How can we carry that over to other people and have them learn and and aid their learning and accelerate their learning? And, but that is the case where oftentimes, in my opinion, in my opinion, oftentimes, most of the time, in my opinion, Science is merely trying to catch up to the artists, specifically the Jedis, the high performers. Science is just trying to catch them. In other words, people, there are, you know, top one, two percenters out there, top three percenters that are figuring it out before the data's figured it out, before the scientists come along. And then the scientists want to learn from them and say, hey, wait, wait, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? Explain that to us so that we can dumb it down and explain it to the 98% that can't figure it out themselves. So for me, I'm, the way that I think, I don't think like, hey, science, figure everything out for me, design my life. I don't think that way. In general, I think, hey, higher power, God, work through me. Everything's been done. There's a higher power. There's an energy field. Let me operate on the highest faith. Let me operate on highest confidence. Let me have faith in myself. Let me have faith in God, something higher, something greater. Let me let it work through me as great artists have done. The scientists can come along later and figure it out. But to sit there and have the scientists make every decision for you, first of all, it's just boring. It's robotic. It takes the fun out of a lot of things. I mean, if the robots and the computers can do everything, what's the fun of things? The fun of it is figuring things out. The fun of it is the journey. The fun of it is earning it. If everything's going to be handed to you on a silver platter by, by science or whatever, no, I want to build it. I want to troubleshoot. I want the challenges. I like the, 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 the humanness and the human approach of it and, and the intuition and the figuring it out instead of always just relying, trying to rely on science to always bail you out and make every decision for you. In fact, especially when a lot of the science is just flimsy and just, just throwing spaghetti at a wall. Not all of it. Again, there's some fantastic science. This podcast is an example of some fantastic science. Cell phones, etc. There's a lot of wonderful technology out there. There's a lot of crappy science and crappy technology too. And there's wonderful art and there's crappy art. There's a spectrum there. But you have to decide, you decide where you want to be. I'm explaining to you my prism, my frame. But I always lean toward the art side because that's what I'm, that's the gifts I was given are, are more artistic and intuitive and feeling, more feeling than just putting things under a microscope. There's things that are under a microscope and then there's, then there's just what you feel instead of, hey, let, let me make every decision based on what the doctor sees under a microscope. The microscopes can, can be misleading. I mean, the microscopes, you have all kinds of anomalies and imperfections and asymmetries in your body. I have, my, hand, my right hand's been broken three times. So if a doctor went and looked at that on, a, on an x-ray or an image, say, oh, Frank, your hand has a big lump there and it has calcium and it has this and that's just not good. But guess what? My hand functionally feels fine. It works fine. I do everything. I have strong grip, everything. Some of my fingers are a little bit crooked. Yeah, oh, you know, your science says, our, our imaging says that this and this. Guess what? It's fine. Functionally, it's fine. My fingers are fine. 
They do all the things I need them to do. I type, whatever. So you got to be careful of what, sh- what shows up on an image is not necessarily indicative of, of, uh, of hey, build your whole life around that. There are imperfections that will come up, but that doesn't mean that you're not. I mean, it's like we all have bacteria on us and whatever and all kinds of stuff in our gut and people have tapeworms and whatever, and they're actually fine, right? So you got to be careful. Science will make you think that you're going to, that everything's wrong with you and you got to go rush and get, pump yourself full of drugs and surgeries. I mean, you got to be careful. Mind over matter a lot of times. I'm big into that. I'm big into the intuition. I'm big into the, to art. Mind over matter. I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for science. Four's a fit. There's a lot of science. I look to see what what a lot of people are doing. I look at, for their big words and their big explanations of body functions and the big names they have for proteins and etc. But at the end of the day, what you feel what you're experiencing, how you're performing, how you're thinking, your mind clarity. You can't wait for, um, for tests and validation of all that. How you feel matters. At the end of the day, when people talk about their why and say, oh, I want to make a lot of money, I want to do this, I want to do this, this is my why, this is this. At the end of the day, what's behind a lot of that? Whatever you're chasing, if you were chasing a billion dollars, what's behind the billion dollars? You're not just chasing saying, well, what's your why? Well, I want to make a billion dollars. That's not your why. Your why goes deeper. Okay, you want to make a billion dollars. You're determined. You're on fire to make a billion dollars. Why? What is that? What are you associating with the billion? What's the billion going to give you? Peace of mind? Confidence? You know, a hot wife? What, what are you getting out of it? Or in the case of some of you women, a hot husband? What are you getting? There's a why behind that. And if you follow that, if you keep peeling the layers of that why, the what's behind that is, apologize as people are walking by me, interesting looking person there, what's behind that why is a feeling. What most people are chasing, whatever it is you're chasing, you're chasing a feeling. And science just... It doesn't give a crap about this. I know it has to show up on the, it has to show up. This area has to light up. This has to happen. This formation has to happen. It has to be repeatable. It has to be this, that, the other. You know? Feelings are really what make the world go round. So if I have a client and she loses 10, 15, whatever, 20 pounds, she's feeling way better. She's, she's She can't get out of bed. She's almost whatever, like... What's the purpose of life? What's the point? She's zombified. And you can make her feel better. Do you have to send her to Ray? I want you to go to the doctor and do 50 tests on you. Let's make sure that you actually feel good. No. A person saying, I felt like crap, and in the last week, I feel, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling a little bit better. I got out of bed today. I ate better. I finally got my appetite back. That's a big deal. It's not science, it's anecdotal, it's experience. It counts big time. That counts big time in the, in the health and wellness space, how you feel. At the end of the day, everything that, that you're pursuing, what's behind that is a feeling. You're pursuing a feeling. Whatever it is chasing, Olympic gold medal, world title, whatever. Your kid, everything turns out incredible for your kid. It's a feeling. It's gratification. It's a fulfillment. It's a something. It's a, uh, whatever, relief, alleviation of guilt, whatever, a lot of things. 
but they're feelings. They're, they're feelings deep in us that can be hard to quantify on a microscope or an exam. You don't need them. You just, it's the smile on your face. It's the light in your eyes. Those have to matter. That's the art of it, not just the science of it. The art of it matters. The art of it is very important. I'm not saying that's the only way. But that has to be a factor if you're going to do things at a high level. You can't wait for science to tell you and direct you on everything to do. You have to have an artistic side. You have to have an intuitive side. You have to build those muscles and let them guide you as well for your path, not just what some scientist or whomever, some authority is telling you, this is the way. You can use them as, as a resource, but you have to find the way. You have to consult your heart, your intuition, your feelings, your emotions, your thinking, your strategy. You have to consult a bunch of things in you to see what works for you. I don't want to be robotic. I like the artistic, the sensibility side of things, the emotional side, the passionate side of things. That is valuable. I don't want to be a flatliner and go through life minus that. I don't want to be vanilla ice cream. I like dynamicness. I like emotions. I like sometimes even emotional roller coaster. I like that. I find that valuable. It's a journey. And that's part of what we do here with Forza Fit Nutrition Program. It's not about just pure science. There's a lot of that. We seek it out for sure. We value science. But we don't let science have the final say in everything. There's an art there too. We're dealing with real people, real experiences, real feelings, real performance, real mind clarity, real inner peace, real emotional stabilization, real mood enhancement. You don't need to test everything. You just ask people. They'll tell you. They'll tell you if they're, if, they're, if they're feeling better or they're feeling worse. They'll tell you usually. That matters a lot more than what some tell. Oh, Frank, your hand's messed up. Man, my hand feels fine. My hand's super strong. My grip's super strong. Sorry, Doc. We don't need a pill for that. So, art versus science. Pay attention to that in your own life. You find your way. If you, if you lean heavily, heavily, and everything has to be science for you, then, and I know people like that, good for you. That's your way. It's fine. But sometimes it'll be hard to be ahead of the curve then unless you're the art. The artists are usually out in front. They can figure it out. The, the empaths, the, in, the intuitive types like Einstein. Sometimes, a lot of times you can be ahead of the game that way. And then the scientists will play catch up. Hey, how'd you do that? So we can teach the other 98% who can't figure it out, who won't figure it out. So we can teach them. Okay, so getting rained on here. Not good. So for the interest of my cell phone, protecting it from this wonderful rain here, this is going to conclude this episode of Life Jitsu Art of Life. As always, it's been a pleasure. My website, we're going to be upgrading, I promise. we got a lot more resources coming in soon. www.frankieforza.com Email any, feed, any questions, feedback, etc., it's uh, Frankie at FrankieForza.com. Would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Be blessed, everyone.